Hello, it is Wednesday, November 11th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another episode of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's subjects, TJ Dillashaw should not come back and go right into a number one contender fight or a title fight, and I'll tell you why. Never forget that USC President Dana White threw his hat in with Donald Trump, who is a racist, sexist, homophobe, xenophobe, Islamophobe, and many other, many other phobes, and that should reflect on Dana White. Never let him forget that. I'll tell you why. TJ Dillashaw's two-year suspension is going to come to an end in January, and so questions are coming up. What is the UFC going to do with Dillashaw? And remember, he was the bantamweight champion before he got popped for EPO. And he got popped for EPO fighting down at flyweight against Henry Cejudo. And this is just for some background. So he popped for EPO before the Henry Cejudo fight. Cejudo beat him. And then the test results came out. And Dillashaw relinquished the title when the first test came out. When it was just a quote-unquote adverse test. Before any of the information came out. He had already relinquished the title. So obviously he knew it was not worth going through the process of fighting. So that just tells you he he doped. It wasn't a matter of uh, ingesting something in a supplement. It was, you know, as, as Ben Folks and Chad Dundas said, just plain doping. And so he relinquished the title. He didn't seem all that remorseful about it, especially to his opponents. So what could have happened, so he relinquished the title, and that just affected the Bantamweight division. Had he beat Cejudo then it affects two divisions. Now, Cejudo probably would have got the title back, but until he relinquished it, or if he did decide to fight it, the division could have been in disarray, which is unacceptable. I mean, the, the doping, just plain doping, is already unacceptable, and he's taking EPO, which leads to all other kinds of questions about his past and, and how his cardio was always great. So there's going to be questions about Dillashaw, so now up to the present, Coit Sandhagen said that he wants to fight Dillashaw in a number one contender bout. And here is, and this is at Bantamweight, and here's what he had to say to MMA fighting. I definitely think my number one contender fight should be against TJ just because it makes the most sense. I think that I have a pretty strong case now, and when TJ comes back, he's going to have a pretty strong case. I love to fight him, and then right after that, when the winner, the Jan and Sterling are ready to go, fight one of those guys in the spring or sometime. So again, Dillashaw's suspension is due to go through into January. Then he's free to come back. And one good thing about this is I looked up Dillashaw, Dillashaw's testing history, and USADA has tested him eight times in 2020, which is a positive because sometimes when fighters are out, they get tested very few times or not at all. So it's a good thing to see that USADA is is watching this. Um, so another thing to remember is that when Dillashaw got his flyweight title fight, UFC president Dana White had been urging fighters to take that fight for Dillashaw. Not for the champions, but for Dillashaw. So White went to bat for Dillashaw more than he did for his champions at 125. And I don't think that can sit well with White, that Dillashaw knowingly doped after White did everything he could to get him a shot at 125, which he had never made that weight before, never fought at that weight before. So White went out of his way to get that fight for Dillashaw, and then Dillashaw dopes and could have set two divisions in, in disarray. So I don't think I don't think Dillashaw should even be considered for a number one fight, uh, number one contender fight or a title fight, especially a title fight, considering how he went out and, and what he was doing. 
So what I think is is that he should just go back. He's unranked. At least get two fights in before he in competition because it's easy not to dope when you're not in competition. But when you're in competition, if you've been doing it, that's when the questions arise. So let him get a couple uh, tests in and a couple fights in regular competition-wise and then consider him because he screwed the UFC and he could have screwed up two divisions and screwed over some other fighters. So I don't think it's acceptable that he would roll back in and be one fight away from a title fight. And another thing that bothers me is where's the, where's the punishment? Yeah, he sat out for two years, and, but he's young in his career yet. So if you're a young fighter, the message becomes dope. If you don't get caught, cool. If you get caught, that's a year or two that you get to rest, recover, improve, train, do everything you can to get better and to rest your body. So if you've been fighting three or four times a year and you get two years off to recover and improve and just drill, 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 and then you come back into a title fight, the message is there's no punishment. Sure, you lose money, but if you take this, look at this as a, in a big picture in a way to get better, it's a win in, in some way because you're not on the endless treadmill of fight after fight after fight, camp after camp after camp. You have to accept these fights or you get fights added to your contract. None of that's there when you're suspended. All you're doing is rest, recovery, train, rest, recovery, train. That's not a punishment. That's a way to improve as a fighter. So that's another reason I think Dillashaw should be disqualified from fighting at the, at the top of the division when he comes back. Um, there's, if there's no punishment and there's no repercussions, why, why even suspend somebody? So I don't think Dillashaw should be considered for, for any of that. Put him at the bottom of the rankings, let him work his way up, just like any other fighter that's coming into the UFC. That makes sense. Not, not reward someone for doping and, and who could have screwed up two weight divisions beyond. Um, it's just not beyond repair, but they could have definitely done some damage to the weight divisions. And let's not forget, not in the least sorry for what he did. So, not a fan. If you get a chance, read Karim Zidane's uh, Ultimate Fighting Election, How the UFC Gambled and Lost in the 2020 Presidential Election. It's on Bloody Elbow. Um, it was published today. And uh, it's a good read, an informative read. And I'm not going to cover any ground, or if I do, it'll be very a very small patch of ground um, in what I'm going to talk about now. So what I want to talk about is Dana White himself and what he did that irritates me and should irritate fans and especially irritate fighters. So as everyone knows, he put his hat in the, uh, in the, in the Trump campaign and he was very much involved with that. He did a, a few appearances. Um, I think he did a commercial that appeared on YouTube or during a fight. I'm not 100% sure where it did, but I'm, I'm, I think that happened. And he more or less went all in, in, in trying to get Trump elected. Now, some will say, well, that's what you do for your friends. But if you think Trump has friends, you're delusional. Trump has people he uses to get what he wants. And that, that should be common knowledge. He's not a friendly guy. I don't think anyone's, you know, said that, hey, my pal, Donald Trump, it's not a thing. He's a businessman, a bad businessman, but a businessman who uses people to get what he wants. And then when they're no longer useful, they get tossed to the side until they're useful once again. Ask yourself how many phone calls Colby Covington or 
Jorge Masvidal are, are going to get now. They're not going to get any. So they serve the purpose, and now they will be discarded. White will be kept on hold until Trump needs him again, and then he'll step up. And that's kind of the relationship Trump has with his friends. So White, I don't know what he was going to get from Trump. Obviously, the tax breaks. I don't know anything else. Maybe some kind of breaks for the UFC. Probably. But we'll never know. We'll never know because Trump lost. And so now White has a, has gone went all in on Trump, and now the stinks on him, and he should not be able to get that off. He should not get a pass on rolling in the mud with Donald Trump. Um, he put his hat in with a racist, sexist, anti-LGBTQ um, xenophobe. And now that reflects back on White. You can't just say, I support this guy, and I'm going to come out here and use a bunch of racist dog whistles in my speeches which he did as well, and who supports all these nasty policies, who's against immigration, talked poorly about Mexican folks and black folks, actively wanted to attack um, Black Lives Matter with armed American troops, would not renounce white, white power organizations, would not say that he was going to go after them. So we know all this, and all that, reflects on Dana White. Now, if that, I don't really care if that's not Dana White. I don't care if he just wanted the tax breaks. If you can ignore all of that, all those things for some tax breaks, when you're already worth a few hundred million dollars, that says a lot more about you than it does about Donald Trump. We know all that stuff about Trump, but now we know that stuff about Dana White too. Because if you're willing to overlook all this, if you're willing to look overlook the criminal and rapist comment on the Mexicans, the Muslim ban, the the anti-LGBTQ things, the xenophobic comments, the, the shithole countries, if you're if you're able to ignore all that, and then walk into a room full of UFC fighters, an international group, some of whom all fall into will fall into some of those those categories that that Trump derides, if you can ignore that, then you are that. I don't think that's a stretch. And if, you, if you're not that, you at least are okay with that, which makes me think you are that. That's not a stretch. If you're okay with someone being a racist, that reflects on you. And it was like, I think someone sent me a Chris Rock thing. If you have one, one racist in a group and 10 people who aren't calling that pe- person out on their racism, you got 11 racists. That's how it works. If you're not willing to call someone out on something you allegedly find repugnant, repugnant then that's you. And so now White has to look at all these people, all these people that felt slighted by Trump, who called them names, who called them race, rapists and criminals, and, and pretend that he's their, their friend? No, no. You ignore that, that's you. And no UFC fighter, and this goes for UFC employees too, because I'm sure some of them would fall into those, those same groups that Trump shit on. How can White look at those people and, and act like he is interested in anything about them? that he thinks they are worthy of representing the organization that he represents. And this goes uphill too. If you think in, if you think it doesn't taint Endeavor, you're wrong. Because they let their clown-ass employee go out there. Oh, I'm sorry, not employee. They let this clown go out there and, and degrade everyone who works for Endeavor. That's how it works. It reflects on the person. You make a, something, something dumb, it reflects on the organization. It does. If you go out in public and do something stupid and, and they find out where you work, you're going to get fired. So White did all this. It reflects on him. Don't ever forget that. 
look at Dana White. And every time you look at Dana White, think Donald Trump and think of the words Donald Trump said. Remember, this guy's been a racist um, since the 70s when he got sued by the United States government for not renting to black folks. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's been that way for years. Been that way before many of the fighters, almost probably all of the fighters in the UFC were born. And Dana White said, you know what? That's the guy I want to represent. That's the guy I agree with. Don't ever let him forget that. UFC fighters, UFC fans, UFC employees, Endeavor, don't ever let Dana White forget what he did, what he said, and who he is. That's all I have for this evening. Until tomorrow, everyone stay safe.